So about three months later, I refinanced the property, pay off the loan on it, put some money in my pocket, and then a year later, I sold the property and made like half a million dollars. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guests, I want to mention FundNet Flip because FundNet Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and uh, I hope you're having the best ever day. Um, today, we've got with us Toyin Dawudu. How you doing, Toyin? I am doing excellent. Well, that's excellent to hear, my friend. Toyin is based in Riverside, California, and he has done over 400 deals valued at over $60 million over the last 15 years. So do the math and divide that by the 15 years or do the take take 60 million divided by 15 years. And that's the annual deal flow he's doing on a fix and flip, which is a strategy. He's got an MBA undergraduate degree from California State University. So he's a smart cookie. And you can say hi to him at GICDealFinders.com as well as the magic of real estate.info. With that being said, Toyin, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Yeah, I'm an investor in Southern California real estate, and I focus mostly on uh, fix and flip single-family homes, and I've done that for over 15 years. I have other projects that I do on the side, but my passion is real estate. You know, I, I came along uh, uh, different industries, you know, including technology. I was once in technology at the beginning of the internet, and I helped design some of the tools that are used right now by uh uh, Google, Facebook, and all those uh, major internet companies. And um, and so one of the things I'm working on right now is actually to design, to design a new internet uh, application that will revolutionize the real estate industry where anyone, whether you're an agent, investor, or just an ordinary person can make money in real estate without even doing much. Well, that sounds too good to be true. What can you share? What can, I, I'm being a little facetious, but not really. What can you share with us about that application? Okay, it's, it's a simple app, you know, where uh, in the process of uh, launching it, um, you download the app on your, on your iPhone or your Android. And, you know, as people drive around, okay, 
you know, their neighborhood that are always properties that are vacant, abandoned. And all they have to do is take a picture, upload it to my website. If I buy the property, they get paid anywhere from five, one to 5,000 bucks. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so that's something that you've already developed? Yes. The app is done. We launched the website about a year ago. We've tested it. Everything works. And the app itself will be launched in a few weeks. Got it. Well, best of luck to you on that venture. And on the fix and flip deals, can you tell us how you got your start in this? Yes. I, I, um, I bought my first house you know, uh, in the 80s, like 1987. I started after getting out of college. I looked for work for six months. I couldn't find a job. So I ended up in the car business with my MBA selling cars. I did that for five years. And then when I left the car business, I started my own business. Uh, after a couple of years, I bought my first house. And so when I bought my first house, I discovered that, you know, when I got it, I got it like 40% on the market. And about two or three months later, I was able to, you know, pull money out of it to do what is called those, uh, I think it was FHA fix-up, right? Title one, they call it in those days. You, where, where the government gives you 21000 to fix up your property and make it uh, prettier. So that's really my launch in real estate. And since then, I kind of doubled here and there. But I didn't really focus on real estate because I had so many different businesses going. Um, I didn't focus on real estate full-time as a career until around 2001 or two. And why the shift towards focusing on real estate versus putting those other ventures aside? Okay, that's a, that's a good question because I had built all my ventures to about $10 million. And in 1997, I had a major, major mishap. We grew so fast, you know, we grew from like two employees to about 100 employees in a span of 100 months. Things went out of whack to where uh, we couldn't handle the growth. Eventually, I lost the business. And so I had to start over again. I filed bankruptcy, had no money. So for two years, I was miserable. And eventually, I had to get off my butt and go and do something. And the, thing, the only uh, business that I knew that could get me quick money at that time was real estate. What was it like filing bankruptcy? It wasn't really. Well, bankruptcy is, a, is, is, is like a shameful process for a lot of people. But because I was already in it. Uh, because one of the businesses that I had was actually helping other people file bankruptcy. I had like a legal office. And so I knew the process. And, and, and even if you look at the fact that in, in this presidential election, they were harping on, you know, Donald Trump having filed bankruptcy. But I always explain to people that bankruptcy is a process that was designed by the government to actually renew the economy. Because if you are in debt and you can get out of debt, you are really useless to the uh, economy because you are not productive. So the, the government devised the bankruptcy laws so that you could get rid of your debts and renew yourself and then become more productive. You know, businesses use it, individuals use it, uh, but the individuals usually are more ashamed than businesses. So when I filed bankruptcy, to me, uh, the first one, it wasn't, you know, actually that was my second bankruptcy. I think I filed earlier. So it was after my second bankruptcy that I had to go. I went back into real estate. So you've gotten two bankruptcies under your belt. So you, you definitely have learned what it's like to, to experience that and, and then bounce back. What year was the second bankruptcy? The second bankruptcy was 1999. 1999. And then you started in 2001 
to focus on real estate investing? Yes, I was miserable for two years. Then I said to myself, well, if you're on your back, there's only one way, uh, one, one place to go up. So I got back up. <laughs> <laughs> and with the 2001 start, how did you go about doing the fix and flips? And were you, were you only doing fix and flips or were you also doing wholesaling? Actually, I never really did wholesale. You know, I started uh, in 2001 with zero. I had no money, seriously. So I put an ad in my local paper. The ad cost me $295, okay? And because I had used the local paper before, so they gave me a credit. So I had the ad there for 30 days. So within the first week, somebody called me on the ad. I took over the, you know, this uh, uh, couple, they were moving to Orange County. They didn't want to leave their house vacant. So I took over their payment and I promised them $2,000, but I didn't have the 2000 So I told them, okay, I'll get you 2000 in, in 30 days. You just give me the grand date, you know? So they gave me the grand date. Then I put another ad in the paper and says, you know, uh, 10000 down, take over my payment. So within 30 days, I had somebody come in and he gave me 5000 I gave 2000 to my seller. I kept three and then I carried 5000 for the new guy. That's how I got started. Wow. That is very resourceful, among other things. So you, you got started with that property. Now you have $3,000 in your pocket. What do you do after that? the ad continued to pull. And so a week later, I got a call from this guy. You know, I mean, I can't even make this up. So this guy called me. I said uh, he wanted to sell his property. So I asked him why. He said, well, he has to move out of state. And I said, well, why do you have to, do you have to move out of state? Well, he said, my, my father-in-law got a contract on me and people are already knocking on my door and they're probably going to take me out. Like assassination? Yeah. Oh my! They, they were going through divorce. And so I think his father-in-law was so pissed at him, he wanted to get rid of him. <laughs> wow. I know. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. So I went to see him. You know, we sat down in his living room and I said, don't worry, I'll get you out of the house. See, I, yeah, I would have picked a different location to sit down and talk to him other than his <laughs> living room. I would, have, I would have picked like a Walmart or something, <laughs> somewhere public. <laughs> That's true. But you got to look at the house. And the house was kind of fairly new, like two years old, you know. So, <laughs> so what did you do? Tell us the story on that. So I wrote the, um, the contract. Usually, I mean, I try to explain to people that real estate is actually a very simple process because – Real estate is the only um, asset you could buy, and you don't even have to show an ID. You understand? So I went there. I wrote my contract you know, on my yellow pad, and I said, okay, I will take over your loan. You give me the grand deed, and then you don't have to worry about the payment. So I wrote the contract. You know, We went to um, an old republic. He signed over the uh, deed to me. And uh, on Monday, he was gone. And I had it. Wow. And so I did the same thing. I put an ad in the paper. I think I put an ad, 20000 down, take over my payment. So I got about 10000 cash, and I carried the balance for the lady that bought the property from me. What did you, how much equity was in the house when you took it over? When I took it over, there wasn't a whole lot of equity. I think it was like about 10, 10 or 15000 But I but I made about twenty grand in the back end. I just added, you know, $20,000 that I want to carry on his loan. Wow. And then did you continue to do that strategy? I continued to do that strategy for about two years. So I ended up with almost 40 properties doing that strategy. Okay. But it was very, it was a little bit tough because the cash flow was not as I wanted. 
okay? Because I had all these properties rented. I was having headache with tenants. He was driving me nuts. Yeah, because you're not making a spread on the payment, are you? You're just simply make, you're making the upfront fee, but it doesn't. It, from how you described it, you weren't making money on top of the monthly mortgage payment, were you? Exactly. I couldn't make much, even if I wanted to make money, because by the time you take the upfront fee and tell them what the current payment is, there's not a whole lot to add. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was very tough, you know, in the initial, you know, stages. And so eventually I attended a uh, seminar and, and I think you probably heard of this gentleman, you know, is the king of quick flips, Ron Grand, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. So he was, he's the granddaddy, right? So I have to give him credit for this technique. So I went to a seminar and he says, you know, for all, those you, all of you guys out there renting properties and having no money in your pocket, you need to start doing quick flips. So he explained quick flips to me and I said, okay, that's what I need to do. And when I get back from the seminar, I started selling. I sold everything. And then I had some money in my pocket. <laughs> How did he describe a quick flip? What did you do? His strategy, which he still uses today, is to buy the property, okay, buy it at a certain price, not more than 70% of the value after repairs, okay? And that formula works. I mean, any investor that deviates from that formula usually lose money. So once I learned the formula, some of the properties that I had, you know, in my inventory, I had to break even on them, but I just wanted to sell them so I can get out of them, okay? But from the time I started using the formula, you know, uh, you buy that 70%, you sell it a little bit below whole, uh, retail so you could get out quicker than everybody else, okay? And you make the spread, you know? Yep. Your spread is usually anywhere from 20 to 30%, you know, after you, you, know, you pay cost and, and whatnot, you probably end up with 15, 18% in your pocket. So the, the key there is to, one, find the deals that you can get for 70% after repair value, and then two is to have a pipeline of buyers. So how did you make sure you had both of those? Well, the pipeline of buyers are always there. But luckily for me, I am also a broker. You know, Remember in those days when I had all these businesses and I lost $10 million? Well, one of my businesses was a real estate brokerage right, and mortgage banking. You know, when I got out of school and I started one of my businesses, at some point they changed the rules and they said, well, uh, if you have a real estate license, this rule does not apply for it to you. So because I already had an MBA, so I figured, well, I'm just going to get my license. So I got my license. So now the license came in handy when I had all those properties. So all I did was put them in multiple listing and I get paid commission for listing my own property and I get paid on the back end for owning the property. And then how did you find them? Once you put a property in the multiple listing, other agents will sell it for you. It's as simple as that. No, I'm sorry. How did you find the properties to purchase to do the quick flip? Oh, okay, okay. You know, as an investor, and one of the things most people uh, don't realize is that, you know, once you get into real estate, it's just a business. It's like any other business. So you have to understand the art of advertising. Okay, so I spent a lot of money on advertising. At some point, I was spending anywhere from ten to twenty thousand dollars a month on advertising just to bring in the deals. Okay, so majority of my deals came from advertising, direct mail. I kept my newspaper ad going. I had ads in the Penny Saver in those days. You know, I don't know if you know Penny Saver. It's all over the. Uh, it's a. It's a. It used to be a publication that goes all over Southern California and in some parts of the country. So every week, I am in. 750,000 homes every week. 
for about three, four, five years. Wait, will you repeat that? 700 and what? I was in 750,000 homes. Oh, homes. Got it. Got it. Your ad was reaching 750,000 homes. Correct. Got it. Okay. I was like, wait a second. He just bought 750,000 homes. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Okay. Will you, I, I just want to understand a little bit better the $10 million that you lost and so now you've bounced back. Was that revenue that was $10 million or what, what was the $10 million mark and how is it comprised? How is it calculated? That's a good question. Okay. So when I had my other businesses, so I had uh, a, a real estate mortgage company. I had uh, a bankruptcy legal department and I had a debt consolidation and an insurance uh, business. Okay. So what I do... There's some irony there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the focus was on mo- mostly consumers. Okay. And in that time, we had a little recession also. You know, people were going bankrupt, some were buying houses. So, because I had the expertise on all of them, so I had different departments, different businesses, you know, with different names. So, uh, at the time, we had, we grew from like eight employees to about 100 employees. Okay. I had 10,000 clients. Okay. And so, a lot of my revenue was carried in the back end. Okay. So that when somebody signed up to file, say, for example, to file for bankruptcy, usually costs about $900, okay? So we take some event, sometimes we take some money down, and then I will carry the rest, you know, uh, without any interest for them, okay? So um, one of the things that led to the headache was the fact that we had so many clients, we had so many complaints, and the competitors, you know, were breathing down my neck, okay? So eventually... Uh, the complaints reached the, the, the DA, so the DA came and basically raided my office and put me out of business. Okay. And what were the complaints? The complaint was that number one, we weren't doing the work on time, and they 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 already paid for the bankruptcy. We haven't filed it, but the agreement was that they had to pay in full before we can file it. The major complaint really was the fact that we had too much business. Period. So we couldn't handle it. Wow. I did not anticipate our conversation going this direction at all. What was the result of the raid? Well, and that's the thing. It's another lesson for people that are going to go into business. And that's one lesson that I learned. Once you have clients and customers, okay, your number one goal should be to take care of those clients. So when I was smaller business, I could take care of all the clients. You know, they know me, they have my uh, phone number. But as we begin to grow, we were adding a thousand clients every month. So it was difficult for them to actually reach me. So some of my assistants, they will reach who are new, didn't know how to handle it. So people were complaining and complaining. So eventually, when the, when the, uh, my office was raided, it took almost two years before the, the district attorney tried to resolve what was the problem, right? Eventually, they resolved it and they decided, well, they're going to charge me for, you know, all kind of stuff. So I was actually indicted. Okay. So it took me almost six, seven years to get out of the situation. Eventually, I had to settle the case with this with the district attorney and paid $50,000. And was there, was it just a monetary fine or was there any anything else that was involved? Oh, yeah. There was, it was a monetary fine and a, a plea to not displaying my license, right? So we had to compromise to some kind of play, you know, 
So one of the charges was that I didn't have a license. Well, eventually they found out I have a license. So to get out of the indictment, they said, okay, fine, you plead to the fact that you didn't display your license and pay $50,000. And then, the, you know, the case was dismissed. Wow. But it cost me a million dollars. I'm telling you right now. So if when you are in business and you don't take care of your customers, things happen. Okay. So during that time that I was, I had to go to real estate, I needed money. So I had to really focus, okay, to get money to pay attorneys on a case that took me almost eight years to resolve. There's so many lessons here. We haven't even gotten to the, the money question. <laughs> Toyin, what's the best real estate investing advice ever? Focus on what you know, period. Don't try to do things that you haven't actually mastered. And I learned that lesson about maybe four, five years ago. I decided, okay, since I, I bought so many houses, I'm going to go and start developing properties. But I didn't learn the process before the recession came in. When the recession came in, it took me out, you know, lost about a million bucks. So that was a lesson for me right there that I should have focused on my single family homes. And with those single family homes that you're, that you're doing now, are you primarily doing the, the quick flips still? I still do quick flips. I do it very creatively. Uh, because I know it so much back and forth, you know, even I can do it in my sleep. So it's a lot easy for me to make, you know, uh, especially creative deals where, you know, you could make deals without having investing uh, any even some of your own money, you know, by bringing in other investors and stuff like that. And how are you finding the deals right now? Right now, I'm actually focusing on deals uh, that are in foreclosure. There are a lot, you know, uh, even though the recession is over, last year there's still about 500,000 properties that went into foreclosure. So I find deals where I could negotiate a discount, you know, what they call short sale, right? So I do a lot of short sales now and I make quite a good living doing that. You know, I don't do a lot of advertising today because the short sales don't require a lot of advertising. You just have to pull up the foreclosure list and go knock on doors. What's a typical deal look like right now as far as numbers go for you? Okay, so let me I just did a deal, okay? We negotiated the 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 property from a loan balance of 355 to 106, okay? And so we're going to spend about $10,000 fixing the property and when we sell it, uh the list price is is about 193,000. So the spread is about 75,000. Got it. And how frequently are you doing those types of deals right now? Well, I did uh, three in um, November. Wow. Okay. And you're finding them through uh, where exactly? You know, I have GICDealFinders.com. Uh-huh. In my GIC Deal Finders membership, which we started last year, I have about 5,400 members right now. And so I train them to find me deals all over the country. And so they bring deals. I analyze it. If I buy it, you know, they get paid. One of the deals we did about two, three months ago was in Maryland. You know, we, we, we bought it for 20. About two months later, we sold it for 50. I made a quick, uh, what, 30, uh, what is it, 30 grand and left. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. 
Best ever listeners, join me in subscribing to the Family Office Podcast. The host, Richard Wilson, you can learn more about him, episode 447. The reason why you'll want to subscribe and listen to this podcast is he talks about how billionaire families think and how to attract the ultra-wealthy into your business. The Family Office Podcast. Toyin, what's the best ever book you've read? The best book I've read is called The Magic of Thinking Big. And that's what inspired my book, The Magic of Real Estate. I bought The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz when I was 17 years old. And I still have the book. I read it almost every few years. And I still refer to it every time I encounter any kind of problem. Or, you know, you know, sometimes when you, you feel like well, you're missing something, okay, and you have the fears come in. So you go back to the book and, and I go into certain chapters, read it, and I get my confidence back. Are you originally from the U.S.? No, I was born in Nigeria. I moved to the U.S. in 1981. Okay, so you moved to the U.S. in 1981. Yeah. And you graduated in 1987 from Cal State? Correct, yeah. Got it, okay. Best ever personal growth experience and what did you learn from it? It was my uh, business, you know, that I lost $10 million. And what I learned is that you have to take care of your customers. Your customers... Your, your network, your suppliers, everybody that is around you that do business with you, you have to give them your best. And if they say, when you have a complaint, you personally get involved and take care of it immediately. Best ever way you like to give back? One of the best ways I want to give back now is actually to educate people that real estate is not as complicated as you know it's made out to be. Okay, like I explained earlier, you don't need it. You don't even need a driver's license to buy property. Okay. And you could buy property. I mean, give you an example. I had a bet with somebody that I could buy a property in my dog's name, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I bought this property, but I couldn't really put it in my dog's name because when it's time to sell, my dog has to, you know, sign. Okay, so since he's not a human, he can't sign. So I decided I'll put it in my little girl's name. My girl is, my daughter is 19 years, I mean, 10 years old. So I created a trust for her and I put her, put the property in her name. So you lost the bet, but you proved your point, basically. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best ever deal you've done? The best deal I did was, uh, I think it was uh, maybe 2005 or something. I bought this property, and it was the same strategy. You know, I was going to give them some money and take over their payment. But when I looked at the profile, the property was actually two different lots, already split. Okay, So you know, the owners know that there were two properties there but they had a loan on both of them combined. So I decided, okay, you know, I'm going to get the grand deed. So I had them, you know, sign over the grand deed to me. I gave them some money down. But when we closed escrow, I made sure the grand deed was two separate properties. So they gave two grand deeds because the property already had two APNs. Okay. So about three months later, I refinanced the property, pay off the loan on it, put some money in my pocket, and then a year later, I sold the property and made like half a million dollars. I bought it. I took over their note for like uh, 300000 gave them some money down. When we sold the property two years later, I sold it for $995,000. Did you try and find one of those deals again? You know, you can't really look for it, but sometimes they fall in your lap. I mean, that's the way, that's the way I asked. <laughs> and where do you typically buy? Like what city was that deal in? In Riverside. You know, it's always good to stay in your backyard, you know. But, I mean, now I buy all over the country because I have the expertise to do that. 
But when you're first starting out, you're better off to actually stay in your backyard. What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? Well, the biggest mistake I really made was trying to get into development without actually learning the process. And Toyin, what's the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you? Uh, the best place they can reach me is uh, on my GICDealFinders.com. You know, they can log in, become a member, and they can reach me there anytime. Well, this conversation went so many different directions that I didn't anticipate. And it was it was so uh, engaging. I didn't know where you're going to take us next. <laughs> what a colorful background that, that you have with, you know, two bankruptcies, a master's degree, a DA rating your office because of consumer complaints. And yet you've come out of that. And you are doing deals. You, you said you're doing three deals a month, and you are primarily doing the uh, you know the fix and flip. You started out very creatively, where you know the first property you just placed an ad in the newspaper, got a call or uh, called them up uh, once you got a, a lead and took over their payments, paid them two thousand, promised to pay them two thousand. You didn't have the two thousand, so then you put another ad in the paper got someone to put down 10,000 and 5,000 was carried and 3,000 in your pocket, 2,000 to the seller. And then you just did it again. And then, you know, just the learning experiences. I am grateful that you were so candid with us about your learning experiences. That's not typical. Uh, it's, it's not typical that somebody would be so forthcoming about the different things that you've come across in your life. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned. Uh, one of them is, like you said, take care of your customers, because uh, according to you, the reason why there were uh, the issues is because you just had too too much business and, and not enough infrastructure, and you weren't able to pay attention to those as they were coming up. And then two, just um, being resourceful. Uh, and then three, I mean, you've got a never say die attitude. As you said, you know, when you're on your back, the only place is just to get back up because you're at, you're at that back, or you're at the bottom. So you really, a lot of lessons, very, very entertaining story, life story. And um, uh, looking forward to kind of seeing where, where your path continues to go. So thanks so much for being on the show, Toyin, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Joe. Talk to you soon. I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on uh, or the main two things are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you've got the deal pipeline but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, a, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, 
then fund that flips the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, So go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, join me in subscribing to the Family Office Podcast. The host, Richard Wilson, you can learn more about him, episode 447. The reason why you'll want to subscribe and listen to this podcast is he talks about how billionaire families think and how to attract the ultra-wealthy into your business. The Family Office Podcast.